Coming up on today's podcast, who is in the lead for the D-backs number five spot in the rotation? Discussing that. And then part two with Silly Baseball, discussing the new pitch clock that we've seen in spring training. Is it good? Is it bad? Discussing all this on today's Locked on Dimebacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I make you see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And one of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. Now I want to talk about the number five spot and the D-backs rotation, because entering spring training, that number five spot has been one of the biggest competitions, right? And after what today is, today is going to be Tuesday when you guys are listening to this. So after Monday, basically all the con- all the competitors in this competition have now had a spring training start. We've had the Dre Jamesons, the Ryan Nelsons, the Tommy Henry, and even, yes, Brandon Fat, who entering spring training might have been the lowest in the power ranking of who's going to get that number five spot on the rotation. But after the Monday performance, we might have to reevaluate things because let's talk about the competition for that number five spot, right? We know Zach Allen's going to be the day one starter. Merrill Kelly definitely deserves to be the number two. Mad Bum, unfortunately, probably is going to be, he's already locked into the rotation, might be number three just because he's Mad Bum, pedigree, big payday. Hate him, but he's going to be there. Then Zach Davies, number four. So that number five spot in the rotation has been up for grabs at spring training. And through one spring training start so far, Let's update our power rankings and maybe we can make this a little weekly game here until opening day starts until we get the announcement on who the number five starter is. Maybe we could do a little weekly scoreboard update thing because as it currently stands, I would say number four in the power ranking for who's going to be the number five starter for the D-backs. Right now, I would say number four is Tommy Henry, who struggled in his Sunday start against the San Diego Padres. He won 1.1 innings pitch, four earned runs, two strikeouts, and two walks allowed, and he just wasn't that clean, wasn't that crisp, and he's already someone that has a really low velocity. He's someone that has to kind of pitch perfectly for it to work out for him. And as you guys know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big Tommy Henry guy. I'm not a big, um, I, I'm not really into pitchers who already have a pretty low velocity when it comes to their fastball, especially when you're in your early 20s. And that is what happened to Tommy Henry. I mean, he faced 10 batters and he recorded only four outs. So he, he just wasn't that 
impactful, I think, in his first start, and he definitely needs to improve and get a little better. And I think he was talking about it after his start about how he might need to do a little bit of a mentality switch and maybe kind of reset him, reset himself now with the pitch clock when it's a 1-0 count, maybe step off the mound, just take a second to readjust and make sure that count gets to 1-1 and not let it go to 2-0. So definitely wants to be a little bit more aggressive, but also just kind of stay a little bit more composed. But as it currently stands, my feelings on Tommy Henry are similar to Tyler Gilbert. I just don't like low 90 fastball throwers. Tyler Gilbert's more of an 89 mile an hour fastball thrower. Tommy Henry's like 91, 92 when you're 24 years old, 25, and that's what you're topping out at. I'm not really going to be in on you as a long-term prospect. So right now through the first round, Tommy Henry's probably number four in my number five spot power rankings, or what's the best way to say that? The number five spot in the rotation power rankings. We'll we'll keep workshopping. We'll we'll keep workshopping the name. But right now, Tommy Henry checks in at number four. Number three after his start on Monday. I think we have to go with Brandon Fat, who came into the season number four, and I think that's a number three with the arrow pointing upward. Because who knows if he keeps looking dominant during spring training? I still don't think he would win it, but maybe the timeline of him being called up to the major leagues becomes a lot shorter because Tommy Henry and his start today just looked fantastic. I mean, that's what Toy Lavello said. He said fat was fantastic. And you could just tell Brandon Fat is going to be maybe not an elite starting pitcher, but you know he's not going to be a bad major leaguer. You know this guy has major league talent. You know this guy is going to be at least a server a serviceable starter once he gets to the major league level. And Brandon Fat really displayed his stuff on Monday. Of course, this is all just small sample sizes when you watch these guys in spring training. They're all going one to two innings pitch. But Brandon Fat went out there, he looked comfortable pitched two scoreless innings I think he racked up a couple of strikeouts as well like it was just the kind of start you would want to see from brand fat especially seeing how bad the D-backs pitching has been so far because I think entering Monday's game D-backs pitchers have allowed 46 hitch 46 hits 36 earned runs and had a 12-4-6 ERA entering Monday's game so to see brand fat Get the D-backs their first W of the season was very nice. Recorded six outs, only needed 23 pitches to do it. So just a fantastic job by Brandon Fat. So currently, he's going to be locked into number three in my power rankings for the rotation starter. Number two, I think we have to go Ryan Nelson, who had the cup of coffee with the D-backs last season. So I think because of the experience he already had with the D-backs last year, even after not the best start, in his first start, I think you still have to put him ahead of Brandon Fat. But if these guys get two more, three more turns to the rotation, and Brandon Fat is just clearly better than Ryan Nelson, then we can reassess. But Ryan Nelson, I think, is still someone that's going to have a major role with the D-backs this season. If he doesn't win the number five spot in the rotation, he might not start the season with the D-backs. But I still think he'll be probably the first guy called up if there's ever injury to the rotation or just really poor performance he's still someone that would want to see get an opportunity potentially in the bullpen because he's a high velocity thrower but I think that was the biggest issue that we saw with Ryan Nelson's first start because he was hitting 93 to 95 in the first inning but by the second inning the radar guard the radar gun was reading 91 multiple times which is stuff that you don't like to see he was struggling with his breaking stuff but again this is spring training Ryan Nelson is someone that 
Ryan Nelson is someone that last season, 70% of his usage was just fastball. So in his spring training start, he was trying to through just trying to throw a little bit more breaking stuff, trying to throw some more sliders and curveballs out there and just see his secondary pitches and what he has there. And of course, the secondary pitches weren't exactly working in this first start, still has to work on the off-speed pitches and execute them for strikes, but he's still working with Brent Strom. And I like the fact that he's trying new things in spring training. He's not just going out there and saying, He's not just staying true to himself, which is being a fastball heavy pitcher. He's going out there and trying to work on his secondary and off-speed stuff, which is what spring training is all about. So Ryan Nelson, first time through spring training, didn't look the best, but he's still number two in my power rankings. But he might have Brandon Fat nipping on his heels. And then number one in the power rankings, of course, is Dre Jameson, who was really solid in his first start. Two scoreless innings as well. And Dre Jameson, I just think overall, just has the best arsenal and is probably the most major league ready to be in the rotation right now. Ryan Nelson, I just think is, I think long-term Ryan Nelson could be a starter, but I just love the idea of Ryan Nelson throwing as hard as he can as being a setup man or a seventh inning high leverage reliever. I think that might be the future for Ryan Nelson and they got your Dre Jameson and Brandon Fats in your rotation, but we'll see how it all shakes up. But as it currently stands, Dre Jameson after his first start against the Colorado Rockies, two scoreless innings just looked, or excuse me, he did against the athletics. Um, I mean, whether it's spring training or not, the A's are rolling out a minor league product. And Dre Jameson, two scores innings, one hit allowed, one walk, and a strikeout. Just looks solid as well. Um, liked the way Jameson looked. His arrow's up. Liked the way Fat has looked. His arrow is up. I would say I'm lukewarm on Ryan Nelson. I'm not ready to say his arrow's down. But for Tommy Henry, his arrow is down because it was already pointing down for me even before spring training started. Now, if Tommy Henry wants to get back in the power ranking and vault himself to the top, then he's going to need a little boost. And if you need a boost of energy after the gym, before the gym, then you need to try a Bilt Bar. Because if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to get yourself a Bilt Bar. Because listen, we're two months into the new year and I'm still going strong when it comes to eating right, eating healthy and being fit, but I still have a sweet tooth. I still have cravings and that's what Bilt Bar helps me because it tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, great for a keto diet. And right now, the best thing about Built Bar is they're not just online anymore. You still go to Built.com if you want your own box, but now you can also go into your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club to get a box as well. So if you're near Sam's Club, just run in, grab a 13-bar box with my favorite flavors, brownie batter or churro, and then guess what? You can thank me later. Hey, let's round up this show today. Okay. Um, that's Miller Thomas right over there, in case you're wondering what he's doing here. Um, we got to see games are being played in spring training, and it's that great moment when, you know, I, I, I honestly, there's no microscope that you could find to uh, detect how little I care about the end results of these games. 
It's what? just I like having a game on. You know, oh, your team won. <laughs> yeah, but by the end, they were minor leaguers. So guy number 88 was pitching. Number 94 was at the plate. These aren't real games. You know, it's nice to see the players. It's nice to see players in new uniforms and everything like that. But, you know, I'm not going, come on, drive them in. Let's go. Like, you know, no, it, 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 these are not counting towards the stands. You just want to make sure everyone's, you want, you're mainly seeing if someone's coming back from an injury, do they look healthy? If a pitcher's on there, there were question marks. Is there, you know, is, are, the, are the pitches snapping off? And if it's the first time, you can kind of say, like, oh, what's his name? This guy's trying, you know, trying to win a roster spot. This guy's trying to extend his career by a year. And that's fun to see some people in uniform, you know, like that, especially the ones who are trying to stay alive. But this spring training is adding a brand new wrinkle. And yeah. we saw in a uh, uh, a Red Sox-Braves game uh, in Northport, Florida, uh, uh, Cal Conley of the Braves were two outs bases loaded full count uh tie game and uh Conley wasn't ready to hit by the time the pitch clock ran down and he was called out and because it's a spring training game and you allow for ties a spring training game out that's the end of the game and a lot of people who, I mean, this is like the first time we're seeing a pitch clock in the major leagues. And there was a lot of people saying, can you imagine this is game seven of the World Series? And this is blah, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, that's why we that's why you dust off the cobwebs and get used to things in spring training. Yeah. Okay? Evolution. Yeah, it's called let's try this new thing out. Uh, I had to, when I saw Cal Conley was involved in it, I had to see if he was the Red Sox pitcher or the Braves hitter. I don't know who Cal Conley is. This isn't exactly a rundown of two Titans staring down with a season on the line. This is a game being played in February. So, yeah, it may take a few weeks to get used to the pitch clock. But guess what, folks? Those few weeks are called spring training. And by the time we get to Thanksgiving morning, when it's late November, and it's game seven of the World Series this late November, because I think that's how far we push the playoffs now, people will get into the rhythm of, okay, we got to get you know, get in the box, get the pitcher go to, to be pitching within the pitch clock. You know, instead of stepping out, stepping in, stepping out, stepping in. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't have a problem with it. I'm glad it happened in a game on February 24th or 25th, whenever it happened, as opposed to in a playoff game. Thoughts? What do you think about this whole pitch clock situation? I absolutely love the new pitch clock. I see people complaining about it. I never understood why baseball players were allowed to do the Macarena between every pitch because it just mm -hmm. slowed down the game for no reason. Imagine Pat Mahomes did a set of burpees between every pass. That would basically be the equivalent to what these baseball players are doing because it makes absolutely no sense. And I never understood why they had to go out there and do this whole routine between every pitch. Like, 
Baseball players now are getting 30 seconds on the pitch clock, right? I believe the batters have to be in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. So you have like 22 seconds to readjust and do whatever. Basketball players, they have 24 seconds on the shot clock. You're telling me within 22 seconds you can't get back into the batter's box and refix your gloves and everything? Basketball teams are running whole plays, having whole sequences in 24 seconds. And baseball players are struggling just to get in the batter's box in 30 seconds, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. We've already seen the effect on these Major League Baseball games. Some of these games have been around two hours and 35 minutes, which is taking like 25 to 30 minutes off regular season games, which which would be absolutely phenomenal. I think the D-backs had two of the longest, two of the three longest games on Saturday. That was because they had like 20 runs and 40 hits combined in both of those games. That's why those games were three hours long. Those games are just three hours and five minutes long. The average pace of play for a normal baseball game. And you had 20 runs and 40 hits in those games. So I think pace of play this season will be greatly affected. I think these games will be flying by and these will be tight major league baseball games, which I'm a fan of. Some people want to be at the ballpark for four to five hours. I don't. I love major league baseball, but I want to be a part of my day and not the whole day. I want to still be able to do something after a game or before a game. And the fact that I can maybe now go to a ballpark at four o'clock and be out there by 630. I think that's really appealing to me as a fan. Also, sometimes you like your some really great movies are like they're quick to the point. They keep moving. You know, you want to yeah. keep moving. I, I know I keep saying I'm watching a lot of 1970s games on YouTube. It's incredible to see. Here's the pitch to Johnny Bench. Foul that off. Roll back. All right. Gets the sign from Gene Tennis. And here's the pitch. Foul that off. Like, oh, we got like two pitches within 30 seconds. By the way, I, I'm going to do this right now. I got my I got my 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 electronic phone here it's yeah, my better. timer is set for zero hours zero minutes and 30 seconds now go all right i'm adjusting my gloves all right adjusting my gloves and oh i'm the pitcher i think i need another ball here Throw it back back oh quickly i'm gonna run out yeah remember they got the runner at third got it i'm gonna run back okay let me adjust this Okay, he's adjusted that. He's got a couple of signs from the third base coach. We still have seven seconds. And now I'm going to get down. And here comes the pitch. Wow. So are you telling me you can't get everything you need to get done for each pitch in that amount of time? I think, by the way, I also think this has a time and running out to talk to the, uh, the pitcher including the manager. No, that's within the 30 seconds. You run out there and run back. You got that cuts down. Maybe that means you do a couple extra signs. You get the sign from the third base coach doing that. There's plenty of time to do all of that. And in that 30 seconds, that could be brought to you by FanDuel or Built Bar or whatever, uh, you know, sponsor there is for the game. No free rides. So, but like, yeah, that's more than enough time. To get everything you need done, Nomar can even do the yeah, but yeah, not the Nomar's playing. Remember the yeah, but 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 yeah,
And we're slowly introducing a little bit more electronic communication as well between these pitchers and catchers where you don't have to go out there and run from catcher to pitcher every time to the mound. Now you could just talk to them in your ear and make it so much easier for you. So we see communication be sped up. We're getting quicker to the action between pitchers. Like, I don't understand why. Why, why people are being upset that we're getting more action, more efficiently, quicker in our face. And we're going to see it from the pitch clock. We're going to see it with a band of shifts. Even the bigger bases. I know some of them look like pizza boxes, but that's going to lead to an increase with the pick, new pickoff rule attempts as well. We can only have two pickoff attempts per uh, a plate appearance. Like we're going to see, I think, a huge boom in offense. I saw a stat the other day where it's like teams that have a below 240 OBP or something like 10 years ago, there was like maybe one one team with below a 240 OBP and the entire major league baseball this past season, there was like 12 teams with a below 240 OBP or something like that. Like we're seeing offense slowly. We talk about the three true outcomes. It's really true. We see offenses in teams across major league baseball slowly lead to more strikeouts, less walks and try to hit more home runs. And like, that's not a very entertaining way to watch baseball. That's not a really fun style to watch. We want to see a little bit more chaos on the bases. We want to just see more action overall. Just just sometimes even small ball baseball where there's just a runner on second, maybe hit a single to right field. Now the guy's going from second to home or going from first to third, something like that. We just want to see a little more a little bit more chaos because it was getting a little too free, uh, a little bit too rigid with how the game was playing before. It was getting too templated, I think. Yeah, and there's and you got fewer highlight plays because there was no highlight play if the ball's hit right to the, where the person's positioned. You know, that's not a highlight yeah. play. I don't and, want to see defense. Who cares? But also, if I'm going to see defense, I want to see someone making a dive for it. You yeah. know, I want to see – I like first to third. Base hit to right field, got you running from first to third. I like, you know, get taking that extra base. I like a runner on first base, and you know they're going to go. Instead of saying, well, you know, statistically, it's not very worth the risk. I don't care. I'm not here for let's watch the safest statistical account. Like, no, I want us to have something fun. Yeah, got- bring back. Yeah, well, let's see more high variance players like Juan Pierre. He might steal 50 bases, but he also might get caught stealing 25 times. In I the love season. him. I love him. I love speed and stolen bases. And at least if you watch it, are they going to go? He's going, as opposed to, well, of course he's not going because he is, has a success rate of 71%, which is not statistically needed to that, 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 that. Run! Be fast! Try! Do something risky! And I'm all for it. I'm all for yeah. anything that does that. And I'm also for, let's keep the pace going here. Hey, you, we just demonstrated 30 seconds. You do a lot in 30 seconds. You can adjust a lot in your body, get a lot of signs, get set, and even throw the ball in and throw the ball back and still have five, six seconds left to spare. Let's keep it moving. Kind of like when you and I are doing this show, we like to keep it moving. Any parting yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say my easy prediction for this year, teams with speed are going to kill this season. So once again, the homer call, watch out for the D-backs so they might be the fastest team in baseball this year. Well, there you go. There's our homework call of the day. And thanks so much for making Locked yeah. On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks your first two listens of the day. For your third listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your leagues by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. And you can listen to them, win your league, and say, once again, we're listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, 
where it's your team every day. That's right. That's right. Live reads don't get any smoother than that. <laughs> did I start reading the wrong line? Yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I did. But you know what? That's how it works here. It's spring training. We're getting, I'm getting the arm loose. I'll tell you, by the time the season begins, my ad reads are going to be smooth. We've fallen right off the table. Hey, Miller Thomas, where can people follow you? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter for my personal account at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account. Just type in Lock9 Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. We're on all your podcasting platforms. And please hit subscribe on the Lock9 Dimebacks YouTube channel. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about Manny Machado sticking around and that pitch clock winding down. This has been a Lockdown MLB Lockdown Diamondbacks crossover. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's Miller Thomas. Let's fist bump for another week. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks Podcast. Shout out to everyone who tuned into today's podcast. Thank you to everyone. Thank you for making Locked On Dimebacks your first listen every day. Make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, because those guys are breaking it down for you, keeping you up to date with all your fantasy knowledge. So go check out that podcast wherever you stream your podcast, like Locked On Diamondbacks. We got part two or part three with Javier Reyes, I think, dropping tomorrow as well. And then I think we're going to have Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants on later in the week to talk a little D-backs versus Giants because you guys know I believe the D-backs are going to finish with a better record than the Giants this year. So maybe Ben and I got to do a little friendly wager for that. As always, stay safe, stay healthy. More Dimebacks news coverage and insight on this podcast tomorrow. Doses.